Welcome to another episode of the Victory Baptist Church podcast. This podcast is a ministry of Victory Baptist Church in Valdosta, Georgia. To learn more about our ministry and the impact it has had in our community for over 50 years, visit VictoryBaptistValdosta.com. Now let's listen as Pastor Ward brings today's message from God's Word. A church. Um, Church has changed so much over the years. I've been in church now over 50 years. And there's been so many changes. I'm, I'm talking about wholesale changes. As much in the church as there has been in society, if not more. Um, we see a lot of uh, a lot of changes along the way. As you get older, you begin to think back. You get a little nostalgic. And you begin to think back of uh, how things were. People even ask you periodically. said, well, how was church back in the 70s? That's as far as I go back in church, by the way. And uh, I, was, I was not in church when rainbows were black and white, contrary to public opinion. But anyway, the reality of it is there's been a lot of changes. And uh, one has been kind of prevalent over the last few years. And, and so I want to, and uh, this, is, this is for the church going forward. And I think our church has been this way. I think we're a good example of what I want to talk about for a moment tonight. And I'll move along quickly. Uh, but uh, churches uh, as a whole, we've kind of lost our way. We've kind of lost our way. The church has gone into the entertainment world. It's gone into social uh, world. It's gone, gone into political, the political world. And, uh, and, <clears throat> and that's become necessary, the latter has become necessary in the last few years. It's sad that we've not had a religious or a spiritual voice in our nation in a long time. And uh, back when I was an early young Christian, there was Jerry Falwell and James Kennedy, and the list just goes on and on and on and on. And Oliver B. Green and Harold Seitler and all of these men were heralding uh, messages that strengthened our nation. And they had a lot of respect when it came to Election time, people listen to what that, Billy Graham, he's gone now. And uh, so we really don't have anybody in the forefront out there uh, promoting the cause of Christ and uh, the things of God when it comes to the uh, political arena in our land. And so that's created a change. Uh, we're in a mess because we've not been able to sustain what our early founders uh, intended for our nation. We've not been able to hold on to that for the last 50 years. And I've uh, lived through that change. And, and, um, and so there's some, um, and so must-have ministries for the modern-day church. Now, here's some ministry examples. You'll, you'll recognize most of these. First one is missions. Missions. And I think that is, the, it has been said, it's the heartbeat of God. Uh, worldwide missions home missions, whatever kind of missions project you're involved in, uh, God's heart is in it. And that's been God's projected way of winning the world and keeping people out of hell, like Asher was singing about tonight. And, um, and so missions, I think every church, a must-have ministry for churches is missions. Everybody doesn't see that. I don't, I don't think I've ever in my 46 years of being a pastor, I don't think anybody has ever come to me and said, I don't believe in missions. 
not from the churches that I pastor. Now, I've had people tell me that. that they don't believe in missions. And, um, and so then, um, and then evangelism. That's, that's a, another strategic plan of God to reach people for Christ. And hurrying along. It won't take but a moment tonight. And then, of course, internally, a church must have discipleship. Uh, that's what the Great Commission teaches, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. Sometimes we'll, we'll, we'll knock a home run on uh, uh, winning them to Christ, but then we can't even get a base hit when it comes to training them in the things of God. And uh, there's a whole community of people that used to be in church. Uh, there's a whole community of people that aren't in the service of the Lord anymore. And could it be that the church missed on discipling them? Sometimes when somebody gets saved, you know, we, we, we're in a hurry to get them baptized, we're in a hurry to get their name on the membership roll, and uh, we're in a hurry to get them to tithe and go soul winning and all those kind of things. And uh, somewhere or another we have lost out on discipleship, and they don't grow in the Lord. Sometimes they're not saved. We can, you know, I, I don't deny that. And so we need to, a church must have missions. It must have evangelism. There must be discipleship. And then one we put a lot of emphasis on uh, this year is worship. Um, sometimes we're delinquent in our worship. I preached on it multiple times on Wednesday night and other times as well. And then uh, some one that's uh, probably... Uh, uh, greater known is fellowship. We love fellowship. And nothing wrong with that, by the way. Two fellows in the same ship. I mean, you know, just, just fellowshipping with the people of God. And I love fellowship. Uh, we can fellowship at church, uh, in, in church, in this building. Uh, we can fellowship in, in, uh, uh, on work days. Uh, that's great fellowship. Uh, this, uh, these uh, yard barbers that come in here every week and cut the grass and uh, usually there's two or three sometimes there's four or five They're, they bring their lawnmowers and uh, they bring their own gas uh, we've got five five gallon jugs of gas usually out there in the uh, thing they never ask to replenish their tanks or anything you know why because they enjoy the fellowship sometimes they'll get through cutting the grass and they go somewhere and, and eat a meal and uh, just love the fellowship did you notice we kind of we had the little short testimony service Sunday night. wasn't feeling real well uh, Sunday and, and um, just wasn't up to it. And so I had a great fellowship, a great uh, testimony service, and I thank the Lord for that. But it was 9 o'clock, and there were still people here. We got out about uh, 6.05, I'm sorry. It was still 8 o'clock, after 8 o'clock, and uh, people were still in here. There's like 20 over here and 12 over here and some over here. And uh, the parking lot still had automobiles in it. Fellowship, got to have it. Sometimes it's in the foyer. Sometimes there's fellowship on the front porch uh, before the service even begins. And, and so in, fellowship is important. Visitation, visitation. That's Jesus sent them out and he said to go out and they went out sometimes two by two. And uh, the whole book of Acts, the emphasis is going out on visitation. We've been delinquent in that for some degree, for some time, and at one level or another, but we believe in visitation. When I got saved, uh, hear this. 
when I got saved back in, in 72, uh, we had visitation every Thursday night. We had visitation, every, uh, back up, every Tuesday night. We had visitation every Thursday night. And we had visitation every Saturday morning. And if you was a Sunday school teacher or if you called yourself a preacher, you had to be at all of them. You had to be at, hard to get Sunday school teachers back then. <laughs> uh, uh, because there was just, it was such a requirement of dedication. And, and submitting ourselves and giving up home time. And, um, and so a visitation is another ministry that the modern day church must have. But then I want to look at the last one very quickly, outreach. We hear that a lot in, um, in other circles. We hear it in, in kind of in the, uh, not necessarily in charismatic, but, but kind of the, uh, the, the modern day church. I'll just, put it, I'll just put it out there that way. The modern day church, they use it, it's a term that they use uh, all the time. Most of the time they use this word about our outreach program, our outreach program. Well, you know, uh, I, I think that you can teach an old dog new tricks. I, don't, I hope that we never get too old to learn and incorporate new ideas, but this matter of outreach, outreach, I think there's something to it. Look with me in our verse in Isaiah chapter, as I was son too long today, I'm as dry as popcorn juice. Isaiah chapter number one. In verse 16 and 17, we'll take it from the Old Testament, run to the New Testament, and we'll be ready for prayer. A very familiar, he said, wash you, verse number 18 is very familiar, wash you, make you clean, put away the evil of your doings before mine eyes, cease to do evil. That's understandable. But look in verse number 17, learn to do well. You mean we don't, come into this world understanding the principles and the protocols of doing well and doing right? No, we don't. It has been said that, that children are born with their fists closed and the first thing they say is mine, mine. And we get worse as we go. As we get older, we, you know, we, we, we want to kind of hold on to things. He said, learn to do well. And so each of us, are in the position that God is trying to, he wants us to clean up our lives. We believe in that. Uh, we believe in walking right and spitting white and doing all those kind of things. And, but he says, you got to learn to do well. It's a different word. Learn to do good, learn to do right, but learn to do well. I just saw this, at th it was about four o'clock this morning when I was doing my Bible reading. Learn to do well. I need to capture that. And so he goes on and he says, here's what you do when you're doing well. Uh, he said, seek judgment. Now the word judgment here is, is, the, is a matter of, uh, doing, um, uh, of doing right. It's a matter of coming to a conclusion that I'm going to do what's right regardless of the outcome. That's, that's the beginning of doing well. Seek judgment. Seek to do right. Learn to do right. Learn to do well. Seek judgment. And come to a conclusion that I'm going to do right. I'm going to do right. 
Then look at the next part. Relieve the oppressed. That's doing well. You know what we're doing this week around here? And I, I know I've been harping on it, but it's so heavy on my heart I can't hardly stand it. I got home in time to watch just a blink of news. The president had been down in Florida today and and I was telling them, they gave me a few moments at the car club meeting last month. Had about 50, uh, last night, about 50 people there. And uh, I just got an opportunity to tell them that we'd, we'd kind of moved away from the youth uh, fundraising theme and that ever, all the proceeds and are going toward uh, helping these hurricane victims. Had a chance to talk to them for a few minutes last night. And uh, they, uh, the response was just unbelievable. And uh, you'd... you'd you know, and, and uh, that's not a church setting. We were at Austin Steakhouse, had a great time of, of friendship and get together there and talk about a whole lot of things, sell all the political things and, and all of that kind of stuff. But they listened with, with ears of hearing when we began to, you know, used to. Uh, years ago, you'd, um, these things would be on the news, and, and I realize this has been on the news a significant amount of time, but it was, it was days and, I mean, hours and days and weeks of just, of just full coverage when a hurricane would come through in such a disaster as this one. And so he said, relieve the oppressed. Judge the fatherless. And again, it's the same word as, as a judgment in the earlier part of the verse. It has to do with doing right, doing right. And then plead for the widow. Those three or four things are the kind of outreach that we, as God's people, need to learn to do well. And can I say tonight, you do. I'm, I'm just kind of preaching to the choir tonight. I'm just trying to solidify what we do. Just trying to put a God's stamp of approval right from His Word. These kind of things don't come from the pastor. These kind of things come from God. Uh, to help these people. And so turn with me quickly. We'll look at three areas, uh, three things that outreach proves that when we reach out to others, and I read this verse, John, turn with me quickly. I want to get through. Outreach is an extension of love. Outreach is an extension of love. Look what he said in First John 3, and you'll have it on the screen or you can turn there. And so we're talking about outreach for just a moment tonight. Outreach. Uh, 1 John 3, verse 16 and 17, uh, he said, Hereby <coughs> perceive we the love of God, because he laid down his life for us. We ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. Somebody say amen. Sure, sure. In verse number 17, in verse number 16, he gives us a challenge. In verse number 17, he gives us conviction. We're challenged to do, to do well, to learn to do well, to reach out to the oppressed, to help those that need our help. It is part of the Christian life. It is part of the Christian life. Hereby, now verse number 17, but whoso hath this world's goods, I won't ask for amen there, we all have them. We probably all have too much, don't we? But whoso hath this world's goods, and seeth his brother have need, and shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him, how dwelleth the love of God in him? 
And so my interpretation of that is when we reach out to other people, it is an extension of the love that we have. And you'll see it a little bit further. Make note of that. Make note of that and study it out for yourself a little bit later. Look with me, if you would, just back in the book of James. Number two, I only have three points. Number one is outreach extends our love. Uh, outreach is an expression of our faith. Love and faith go together. Notice what he said in the book of James. When I said this to Jonathan early this morning, I had it uh, James 2, 17 through 17. <laughs> and we got that corrected, I hope, on the screen. But anyway, let's begin reading in verse number 14 of the book of James. I got the wrong phone number on the piece of paper that I gave you. That is not the church phone number. That's my old phone number at the house. I don't know how in the world. I told you I did it in a hurry Sunday morning. And, I, and so uh, uh, just excuse me, okay? What doth it profit, my brethren, though a man say he have faith and have not works? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, here we go again, and one of you say unto them, Depart in peace, be ye warmed and filled. You know, that's, that's, that's kind of like the... It's kind of like the... Uh, the, the feeling that we get when we see all of this stuff. And sometimes we feel like it's so, you know, it's more than we can do. It's bigger than we are. And, you know, what's a, if, if we were to fill this trailer out here up, I, I figured up how many cubic feet it is. It's, a, it's 20 by 8 by 7. Somebody could do the math on it quickly. But it's that many cubic feet. I don't, I don't know. It's hundreds of cubic feet. If we were to fill it all the way to the front, all the way to the top, it would barely take care of the needs of a very small neighborhood in Naples. Brother Lentz was to feed 2,000 people just Sunday morning. And, and there's no communication down there. And so, um, outreach. Let me, I don't, I don't want to get sidetracked. Outreach is an extension of love. Outreach is an expression of faith. Let's read on. Depart in peace, be ye warmed and filled, notwithstanding. Ye give them not of those things which are needful to the body. What doth it profit? Even so, faith, if it hath not works, is dead being alone. Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without works, and I will show you my faith. I will show you uh, show thee my faith by my works. And so we see two, th three things. Number one, outreach is an extension of, of love that God has placed in us. Outreach is an extension, uh, an expression of the faith that God has placed within us. And then finally tonight, number three, if you look with me in the book of Galatians, just look in the book of Galatians very quickly. And in the sixth chapter, he has a, another thing to say about this matter of helping others. Outreach is the ex, uh, execution, that is, the uh, doing of good works. Galatians 6, uh, verses 1 through 5, Brethren, if a man be overtaken to fault, you which are spiritual, restore such an one. In the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Bear you one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. Look in um, verse number 3, or verse 3 and 4. 
For if a man think himself to be something, when he is nothing, he deceiveth himself. But let every man, here it is, prove his own work. And then shall he have rejoicing in himself alone and not another. For every man shall bear his own burden. And so the three things, outreach is an extension of love. Outreach is an expression of faith. Outreach is the execution of good works. I wrote this down. What happened to words like? Look at this. On, I think we have it for the screen. Words like uh, love. Words, whatever happened to words like compassion and feelings like compassion? I remember, um, you know, it was 20 years ago. Uh, when, uh, was it 20 years ago or 30 years ago now, when Hurricane Andrew came through? Was it 92 or 2000? 92, wasn't it? Yeah, 92. One of the most powerful hurricanes to ever hit. 185, 165 mile per hour winds. A, a, a class 4 hurricane when it, and it was, the destruction was unbelievable. Up um, b below Miami and uh, up through the, uh, I think that, that year Florida had the crisscross hurricanes. Andrew came through and then another one came through almost the same path that um, Ian went through this uh, last week. Uh, they talk about that uh, this hurricane last week was the top four, one of the top four most powerful hurricanes that, that has ever hit the, uh, hit the state of Florida. And, um, but I remember back when Andrew, when Andrew came through, there was such a response. Almost every church in Lowndes County had something going on. Everybody either had a trailer or they, uh, there were people out of our church community. They loaded up trucks with chainsaws and uh, pry bars and uh, every, all kinds. And you see, that's just been a few years ago. But after a little while, it seemed like we just kind of, it's not an immunity to these kind of things. I think that we still understand the plight that these people go through. But it seems like there's, as, as a whole, as a community, there just hasn't been the response that it was back in those days. Back in those days. What happened to words like love and compassion? Here's what um, Jeremiah said about it in Lamentations 3.51. Mine eye affecteth Mine eye affecteth mine heart. I think if uh, I was talking to uh, someone last evening and they were talking about uh, some, a, a personal friend that had been down there and, uh, and that, old, that old saying about, you know, uh, the pictures don't do justice. They don't really describe what has happened uh, to those poor people. Whatever happened to words like love and compassion and sympathy and benevolence and charity and tenderness and kindness and feelings and understanding? I believe those are the true characteristics of Jesus Christ. That should be in each and one of us. So here's the three things every church needs. The must-have, and this is an old message for the last three things. I'll just give you the the uh, three points, a prayer ministry, we need to pray. A care ministry, 
we need to have concern. A share ministry, we need to reach out and do something. And do something big. Do something big. I'm praying that God will send in over the next few days supplies and money, money that uh, we can make a dent. We're not going to solve the problem, but we can at least make a dent or repair the dent. Maybe I shouldn't say that. Maybe we should. And so I want you to pray. I'm not here tonight to, you know, try to make you feel poorly or bad about anything. But I believe that we, we need to look at it from a biblical viewpoint and ask ourselves, what would Jesus do? What would he do? Let's reach out. We have an opportunity. Just our church family, we've got a lot of other, other people that are going to be engaged in it. But let's make sure that each of us Let's not just say, well, the church is going to take care of that. What can I do? You know, can, can I kind of open up the cupboards? And if I've got five boxes of cereal, why not just maybe pull two of them out and put them in a bag, bring them down, put them in the trailer? What can I do? That would not even, it, would, it, 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 it won't even be a sacrifice. It's a, it's a great offering, but it's not really a sacrifice. Those people have sacrificed. We're just trying to do a little bit, okay? All right, thank you for your time tonight.